Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, for those of you following, uh, Bunny is back from camp. Camp was only a week long, and a week, five business days. Okay, it wasn't that long, <laughs> but uh, I just went and picked her up. I actually, like, people kept asking me all week, did I miss her? And the truth is, I didn't. Um, the, the truth is that, like, I don't really miss people. That's, that's like, that's not, I, I, I was in the bathroom when God was giving out that quality of like intensely missing people when they're out of my sight. I usually don't miss people. It took me, geez, five years to miss my parents. Like I, I, I'm missing my parents right now, but that's, but it's really not about like it takes some time for that. So like Bunny being gone three, four or five days is not enough for me to miss her. But Wednesday night, I got a phone call from a weird number and it went straight to voicemail. I saw it and I, uh, and I got the voicemail and, and it was like weird, weird kid noises, right? But not, no one talking. So I called it back, nobody answered. And I was like, that's interesting. But I didn't flip out or like freak myself out about it because... The thing is, is that if something happens to your kid, they have to call you and tell you, right? They have to call you and say, hey, turns out your kid died. They have to tell you. They are, <laughs> their insurance, I don't care if you're at the YMCA camp, a day camp, if you're at the overnight camp, I don't, the insurance will not cover if you will not notify, like they will call and tell you. And so I wasn't like, oh, something's wrong with Bunny. I thought, is Bunny trying to call me? Um, to talk to me. And I didn't think, like, is Bunny trying to call me to talk to me to ask me to bring her home? Because that, again, a counselor would have left a professional message that says, hello, I am so-and-so from blah, blah, blah camp. This message is for Mrs. Curtis. Bunny wants you to come pick her up right now. That is a different thing. So I so I wasn't, like, actually nervous about that, but I was just like, damn, I missed. And I, and I need to hear her voice about it. Like, but fortunately, Thursday morning, I got another call. And it was just her to say hi. And her voice sounded completely fucking different. Like, I, I would not have recognized her voice alone if she... Yeah, I just wouldn't. Her voice sounded completely different. And then, you know, we just talked. She let me know she was full of s'mores and she was having a talent contest. And I was like, okay, that's great. You seem happy. And she's like, I am. And I let her know what time I was going to pick her up on Friday. And I did. You know, um, and a lot of people were like, oh, you're probably going to cry when you see her. That is not on brand for Princess, so I don't think so. I mean, I cry, but I cry about uh, Mike's ex-wife, Jessica, being bat- being um, uh, going in the mitzvah so that she could become a Jew. <laughs> I cry about Caitlyn Jenner's uh, interview where she explains the situation. I cry there. Uh... There are a couple other things I cry about, but I'm unfortunately, like, I don't want to bring it up because I might start crying. So, <laughs> but I'm not like a, oh my God, I can't wait to see you cry. I'm not really like that. But, you know, I went and I, and I saw her and, you know, I, me and Bear Bear picked her up. Bear Bear's home because, you know, he's the youngest. He doesn't get to go to day camp this year. And I, you know, I, we picked her up and she seemed happy to see us, but very distant and I'm like, yeah, because she was at camp. And she's not like, she was like, oh, thank God, bring us. She wanted to stay another like eight weeks. <laughs> but 
Fortunately, that camp doesn't do that. They do weeklies, and a new batch of kids comes every single week. Um, well, she had a great time, and she made me a bunch of stuff. And the thing about Bunny is this. Um, so if you guys remember, I got Bunny late last few days, like July 30th of 2019. She uh, went back to her bio parents maybe the first week of December in 2019, and... Then she came back into foster care the last week of January, and I had a case already. And when that case moved on, uh, she came back to live April 20th of 2020. And she was adopted January 29th, uh, 2021. So I have, like, experience with Bunny leaving and going and stuff like that. And when Bunny came back in April of 2020, her voice was different. The way she approached things was different. I don't know. She felt very institutionalized. Um, she felt like she'd been through some things. Just the things she talked about. Um, she wasn't. She wasn't using the word "bunky," which is a word that you use for your bunkmate in prison. But she was using a different word that was very institutionalized. Like she'd been into, like she'd been into a uh, group home or a RTC. I forget the word it is, but she was just different. And it was like three or four days by the time she got back of her being different. I remember her walking up the walkway because her caseworker was bringing her to us. And my front door you can see out of because it's got that window thing. It's probably chuggy. It probably is. It's that. So it's the window that's like etched and you can see out of it kind of. And I remember seeing her little face pressed against that window when I went to go open the door for her. And her hair had been cut and she acted different. She was just very reserved and she was using wording and tones that I really associate with older kids that have been through uh, a lot of stuff. And her voice was just different. And it took a few days, three, four days, maybe a week before. I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. And it's kind of what it was like driving her home a little while ago. Uh, she was very different. And, but when we got into the driveway and didn't, we had some of uh, Turtle's birthday cake, I promised to keep her a piece of cake. And Bear Bear went to take a nap. And we just, we just finished talking because we did talk on the right there about more things and stuff. And, and she was excited about it and she did have a good time and she didn't she didn't have any problems except for one person that was kind of mean but she wasn't really around that girl that much and i could feel i don't know it's so stupid i could feel her returning to normal in that conversation and then i put her in the bathtub because she's filthy and i was able to go in there and wash her hair she asked me to wash her hair for her sometimes she does that and we were having a conversation in there and she's asking for a bubble bath and putting bubbles on her chin to pretend like she has a beard <laughs> various other things and it felt very much like something was melting off of her and she was back home um but that's all normal and stuff but it makes me dislike the process of bunny leaving so i don't know if she's going back next year we'll see she does want to so I'll, it'll probably happen but we'll see but so she's back that's great awesome love to have bunny back in the fold she did ask me 10 seconds into getting into the uh, car, uh, was she still grounded? And I was like, 
No, she's not still grounded. Um, <laughs> what else is going on? Oh, it is July 23rd, which means what? It's Leo season. Now, here's the thing about Leo season. I am unfuck wittable during Leo season. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter if the worst things on earth happen. I am great during Leo season. I just don't know what it is. I like, like the fact that it's Leo season and I am a Leo might make you <laughs> correlate those things, but I'm willing to be like, it could just be that this time of year is great for me. It could just, it could be some special curse that was put on me in my bassinet as a young baby, as a young princess. <laughs> it could be anything, but Leo season, you can't fuck with me, okay? Even if, even if it looks like something's going bad for me, it's really going good for me. I just don't know it yet. Uh, and like, so let's take, for example, last year. Last year, my truck blew up during, during Leo season. It was like right after my birthday or something like that. And I and normally I'd be like really freaking out about that. I'd be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We have to get a new car. It's going to cost this. Da, 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 da. We were paying a number, blah, 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 blah. I remember just sitting next to that car, blowing up and thinking, it'll be fine. <laughs> Which is so out of character for me. But I was like, you know, it is Leo season. Nothing can touch you. It just can't. You are cloaked in a veil of protection for some reason and I, and you know what it was fine uh my husband came and picked me up uh and he's never looked so handsome as when he's picking me up on the side of the road when my car broke down <laughs> and then like you know I figured out what I wanted to do and we got a new we got this van that's like the love of my life and I feel like a goddamn goddess every time I ride around in it one of my friends who I haven't seen in a long time um we went to have lunch and we had lunch for like fucking five hours. I haven't seen her since 2019. And she was like looking at my van. I was like, yeah, bitch, get one. I know you only have one kid, but you need one of these, okay? Cup holders everywhere. Storage everywhere. The seats go all the way back. You can fold them down into the van and go to Ikea. You can fold half of them, put half the kids in there. Go to Ikea, it's amazing. Look at these grocery hooks in the back. <laughs> I was basically trying to sell her a car. But anyway, I got Van and I love, I, listen, it all worked out for me. And I think the closest thing to the truth is this. Probably what happened is I had a good Leo season one time. And I could like kind of trace it back and go, damn, when did I start having that good luck streak? And it happened like, and I could trace it back to the first day the sun hits Leo. And then I believed it. And believing it changes everything. It's perspective on everything. Like normally I'm doom and gloom. Something bad happens. I'm like, oh my God, it's gonna, all the bad things are going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. But because I know this is my season, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure that'll get worked out somehow and just keep it moving. And if I could bottle this princess and bring her all and bring her throughout the entire year, I would. Unfortunately, at the moment, I cannot. Uh, there are limitations to everything. But just know for the next couple of weeks, ain't shit you can tell me, ain't shit you can do to me, ain't nothing, no weapons formed against me shall prosper because I am unfuck 
wittable during this time. And so, you know, I'm happy for Leo to get in here. Um, another thing to remind you guys of is that next week is my birthday. And so I will not be here. You will not get a bonus episode on the Patreon. The, right now, we just finished the Meet the Barkers episode uh, season. So, And they're voting on what we're going to do for the next series. But you're not going to get an episode on the Patreon. You're not going to get an episode on the main feed. Probably what I will do is take a bonus episode from the Patreon and move it to the main feed for next week. So there's something in the feed. Maybe I'll do a Princess Diaries episode for the Patreon members. Maybe I won't. I don't want to say I will. But I'm not going to be around here. I'm going to be out here resting. And by resting, I mean going to the Social Security Administration. <laughs> uh, helping the exterminator get rid of a hornet's nest. That my husband is threatening he will not live here anymore if it's not gone. <laughs> it's a big motherfucker. Why is he so scared of like spiders and hornets and shit? What is wrong with him? I want to get rid of it. I've gotten rid of another hornet's nest. My plan is to open the garage door because it's on the inside, the top of the inside of the garage door. My plan is to open the garage door a little bit, knock that bitch down, hit it like a fucking puck out the garage door and then close it. Maybe come out, maybe grab the hose and hose it down. I don't know. Get rid of it. That's my plan. My husband's like, don't. Let the professionals handle I was like, okay, well, are you going to be Mr. Night Owl? Mr. I Ain't Awake? Are you going to be here with the exterminator? No, 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 I'm not going to be doing that. Okay, then. Great, I'll handle it. I'm going to do that. I might do some painting around here. I got my caulk gun. I might caulk some shit. I don't know. I might do some shit. I don't know. I'm, I um, I ordered myself a birthday present. I'm going to start doing these miniatures that I always wanted to do. Even since I was a little tiny kid, I would walk into the hobby store because it was near this other store I like to steal out of. I was a big shoplifter as a as a early high school, late middle school. But I used, I, I used to walk into the hobby shop and I would just go around looking at the pens. I love a good fucking pen. Not white pens. I don't like white ink or, or metallic ink. I don't like that. But, you know, looking at the pens and the art supplies and shit. And I always look at these greenly fucking miniature houses, uh, like uh, doll houses. And I would just, like, think about what I'd do if I had, like, a couple hundred dollars to buy that. And to put that together and then to, like, put together this house of my own. What I would do with that. But, you know... And I just decided that this year, let's, 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 you always love miniatures. Let's start doing some. So I bought that for myself. It's on the way. I bought some equipment. It's on the way. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good birthday. I, I, as, as all people know about me and my birthday, I don't be fucking with the internet on my birthday. Guys, I don't think of myself as an internet person. I really don't. And the reason I don't think of myself as an internet person because I am 41 next week, which means this. I am old enough to remember life without the internet. Uh, if you ask some people, I'm an elder millennial. Some people, I'm a generation X. I feel more aligned with X, but whatever. Um, I, the difference between like me and somebody who's like on the internet all the time is that I got the internet at the beginning of high school, not the beginning of elementary school. And so I definitely remember life without the internet or life without being on the internet all the time. And so I can put it down anytime I want to. I can delete Twitter any fucking time I want to. I mean, I gotta be mad enough to do it and just like move on with my life. It was not a problem to get off Facebook. It really wasn't. It was just like, oh, I'm done with this. Goodbye. Um, I actually have, well, what do they call a fake Facebook? It's not a Finsta. <laughs> it's, a, 
What do you call it? I have a fake Facebook I use for work, for client stuff, because sometimes I have to take control over um, pages and ad spins and stuff like that. So I have one of those that I can log in and do those things, but, but there's no Facebook to like talk to me or anything like that. It wasn't a problem. I honestly could put my phone away. As long as my kids are here, I could put my phone away and just move on with my fucking life. And I do that quite frankly. That's why I don't think of myself as an internet person, but I guess I am. And I guess, and I always remember I'm an internet person when I go be with people who aren't internet people. And they ask me stuff like, what's a Finsta? I'm like, you don't know what that is? Or they, they say something about a celebrity or something that if they were on Twitter, they they would like know that person is not a good person. Like Sean King, you know who that is? Taco Max? Like they, they don't know because I don't know, they, they, they're not on the internet like that. And then I'm like, oh shit, am I an internet person? You know, I, um, I used to listen to Reply All before they imploded. And, uh, I mean, they're back a little bit. And I remember always being like, boy, people don't know about this. <laughs> uh, what do you mean you don't know about this? So maybe, maybe I am an internet person. It's just that I'm definitely not a Reddit person. Although I am on Reddit quite a bit, but I don't like being on Reddit. And I'm not a YouTube uh, influencer type person. I don't care about that type of shit. Um, I love YouTube. I do lots, lots of shit on YouTube. The reason I built this deck, I was on YouTube. The reason I can braid my own hair is because I was on YouTube. But, and I do follow quite a bit of people on YouTube, but um, I'm not a, I'm not like a, I'm not like an, influencer I don't I don't care about that kind of stuff so maybe I am an internet person but the fact is that like I can go I can be done with it and so what I like to do on my birthdays and on holidays when I'm just like being my like when I'm taking a rest I don't like to have any work that I don't want to do I do I love to work guys everybody fucking knows that I love shit I love to do shit but I don't want to do work from my real work and I don't want to do any other kind of like I don't want to do pot I don't want to do any of that stuff I just want to like do shit I just want to do. And I also don't want to have anything to do with the internet. In fact, I don't have shit to do with my phone on my birthday. I just like throw that shit on the charger and keep it moving. And so I'm going to be doing that next week. And then I'll come back on Patreon with some with some palette cleansers. Uh, while they're voting on what we're going to do for the next series, I've decided... First of all, I have some commission episodes to get out of here. Um, then I have um, like... I think it's finally time for me to do a bonus episode about the mini trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, super, super dark, but I think I'm okay to talk about it right now. Uh, there's a couple other things I really want to like do one-offs on the bonus. And then when we come back, we'll finish up. We'll, you know, get moving on this mob wife shit. One more thing to remind you guys of this is that I do have a survey out there. This is the last, the day this, this episode comes out is the last day for the survey. And, the purpose of the survey is I want listener feedback because I have some plans to do some things around here. I am going to put out some merch because I have a plan to sell merch and use the profits to uh, donate to some charitable causes. I have some ideas for some future seasons. I just want to know what you guys think because I don't really get to talk to you as much as I'd like to. And this is your chance to fill out a survey 
let me know what you think. Let me know what you want more of, what you want less of. Listen, some of you are fucking trolls. Some of you want a rap battle between me and Liz. It's not going to happen. I know at least one person wants me to pronounce Gosling correctly. That's never... It's You're more likely to get the rap battle, okay? I don't know how to pronounce things. I I wish I could. I wish I, wish I could say pizza instead of pizza. <laughs> I wish I could say that. Sounds like I'm saying piece of, piece of. I wish I could say that. I wish I could pronounce things. How many times you guys listen to this and, ha- and I started a sentence and then had to stop and use another word because I could not pronounce the word I was going to say. I wish I could, guys. But I don't think you're going to get that. But do let me know things you want less of, things you want more of. And I'm not saying I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> that was, the way I said that was kind of mean. That What I'm saying, I'm not saying that I'm going to definitely do every little thing everyone asks me for. That's not what the purpose is. The purpose is to kind of figure out where your head is at because I'm going to combine it where my head is at. And then hopefully we can, when I'm making these decisions, I can say to myself, well, you know, the most of the audience likes this. And most of the audience doesn't want to do that. You know, those different things. Oh, so yeah, today, Sunday, the day this podcast comes out is the last day. After today, I'm going to close the responses. And then I'm going to, after I take my break, I'm going to, you know, make myself a nice uh, cup of tea and maybe get some tissues because who knows what the fuck y'all be saying those responses and sit down and kind of like look at all the responses and get like an idea of what the consensus is among all the listeners. Um, the other thing I want to, I said this on the bonus episode this week, but not all of you listen to the bonus episode, not all of you are members of the Patreon, although you should be, it's very fucking fun over there. Uh, it's at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. But I have been listening to some old episodes and, um, I'm not sure why I wasn't putting content warnings back then, but I'm listening to my own recorded voice and I'm getting whiplash from talking about a casual subject to moving on to something that's like super intense that maybe people want to have a warning before they move into. And like, it's all my fault. Like I should have been putting better content. I, I did put some content warnings, but I should have been putting more content warnings and I should have also been putting them in the show notes. That's my bad. I just didn't think about it. I really didn't. I think of the show as like an inherently dark ass show that we will always be talking about dark ass shit. And so that everyone should know that, but that's like, why would everyone know that? So I'm going back, I have kind of a big catalog if you include all the bonus episodes I've done and everything too, it's pretty big. But what I wanna do is I want to fix the content warning part. And probably what I'll do is I'll get a generic content warning about, hey, this is by Pumpkin and we talk about a bunch of things and I'll list some like some triggering topics and and remind them that it's possible that those things could be in those episodes and I'll do that for all the back episodes and then for future episodes if I'm talking about something that deserves a trigger warning I'm going to make sure there's one at the beginning and I'm also going to make sure it's in the show notes exactly what it is so that we can be just people can be you know, you're absolutely responsible for the content you listen to. Like, if something makes you angry or you're hate listening to something or something triggers you in a certain way, like, you do not have to listen to it. 
And if I can do better with my content warnings and also the show notes, then I can help you guys out that way. You know, there's some, there's a lot of shit I can't listen to. So there you go. If you're listening to back catalogs on the Patreon or even on the main feed, just know that I am, it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight, but I am going back to add content warnings. Maybe even if it's just a generic one, something I'm, I'm trying. And in the future, I'm going to do better. I think that's all I got to talk about right now. Um, let's, let's, let's get into Mob Wives. Um, this episode is called Mob Daughters. I don't know why. Like when I go back, I'm like, why would this be called Mob Daughters? But it's season two, episode seven. And it starts with Rita back at boxing. And she's telling the guys at the gym that the last time she was there, she, she didn't really want to fight. She was saying how she didn't want to fight anymore. But she did get into it at a birthday party. <laughs> did have a little trouble at a birthday party. Imagine having, imagine being a grown ass woman. I'm assuming, what's well, Aaliyah's 12. I'm assuming um, Drita's in her late 30s. Uh, I wouldn't peg her for early 40s, but she's late 30s. She's maybe 38 or 39 at this point. And I'm just imagining being that age and just having a casual conversation with someone and being like, well, you know, I got into a fist fight on a balcony. Uh... Fists were thrown. It was a birthday party. I can't imagine having to say that. You're too old for this. I mean, honestly, 25 is too old for this, but at least we tolerate it more. But still, um, they tell her to stay away from that type of fighting, that she needs to, like, work on her form and stuff and, and that fighting in the gym. Basically, what anybody would tell you, like, uh, if you feel like you want to, like, work on fighting, just do that in the gym, not street fights. And Drita tells us maybe if she didn't lo- have so many jerk-offs around her, she wouldn't fight. She also tells us that when her parents sent her to school for the first time, she was a skinny little kid with a crew cut, a crew cut, and earrings and a blue dress and an Albanian accent. She gave us the Albanian accent, and her name, and she says her name was Drita, but she says Drita in the Albanian accent. And she says she got in her first fight in fucking kindergarten, and it never stopped. And hearing that, like it makes sense. She's the daughter of immigrants. She grew up poor. I don't know why she had a crew cut, but I'm sure there's some story why she did. I don't know. Maybe she had lice or something and decided to cut her hair off. Maybe. I don't know. But so, and she's the, it's her first day of school in Staten Island. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, it was, it, it was kill or be killed. <laughs> and she decided to kill. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're a long way from kindergarten, Drita, but Okay. I understand. Um, the I remember. So my my parents don't call me princess; they call me my middle name. And on my first day of school, which was first grade, I didn't get to go to kindergarten because my mother was like, "Too much work. <laughs> it's easier to keep you home with your brother." Uh, I um, my mom was getting me ready, and she was like, "Oh, and they're gonna call you princess today." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, because that's your name." I was like, what? <laughs> and then she took me to school. And as a child, I was very shy. I, I I think people would describe me as more reserved now. And I know that sounds crazy coming from what you listen to every week here. But I'm just someone who really stays to myself, um, especially in situations like a school or a work situation. I just mind my own fucking business. 
and I won't get rowdy if you if you leave me the fuck alone. And so, um, I I was just I was incredibly shy, and it was also the first time I'd ever been away from my mother. Like I, as much as I was born, like I slid out of my mom's puss, and then everything was complicated ever since. <laughs> I really like I went with my mom and spent a night in people's houses if she went to the bathroom I would stand outside the bathroom and wait for her to come out like my mom was like my entire world so being away just being like dropped off was like are you fucking I didn't even go to daycare I didn't I don't recall getting babysitters and shit when I was younger I really was just with my mom and so I was very shy and I remember you know they sit down they they call everyone's names and and uh teacher's name was Mrs. Norris and they, you know, they called my name and I stood up and I sat back down. And then this little girl asked me, did the mailman bring gold and silver to my house? And I was like, what? And she was like, because your name is Princess. I was like, and, you know, I was I was probably five, maybe six years old. And I was just thinking to myself, are you dumb? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, all I'm saying is that if I only had a crew cut and a blue dress, I might have been Drita. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe an accent of some sort. I don't know. So uh, Karen's going out to meet with Ramona to talk about meeting up with Carla. And remember, Ramona and Carla finally met up last week. And basically, you know, it just it came out to this. Ramona says that she walked in and she she really thought Carla was a dumb girl and that it was going to be stupid. But Carla, like, they had a conversation. They didn't have a fight. And that essentially what it comes down to is Carla believes Drita's been lying to Carla. I mean... Ramona believes Drita's been lying to Carla and that Carla has been molded by Drita and that this is the reason why they can't, why there's beef between the two of them because somebody else told a lie. Um, but they're going to move forward. They're going to build their own friendship separate from all that shit. And Karen says that Carla's loyalty to Drita is a good quality. And Ramona agrees. They're talking about Carla. They, they're like... They're talking about her like she's a dog. They're trying to get adopted out. They're like, well, she's loyal. She's got a good coat. She's smarter than I thought she... That's the way they're talking about her. It was weird. Um, But according to them, they feel like it might work out. So the next scene, we get Carla's meeting with Drita to tell her that, that she met with Renee again. Ramona, excuse me. She met with Ramona. A lot of times in my... Notes, I just put initials because it's easier to write that way. And Renee and Ramona sometimes get interchanged. Renee is just an R and Ramona's an RM. But I wrote R when I was supposed to write RM. So again, this, to me, this has to be a lie. There is no way that if someone was my best friend and I was meeting with a person that I had a lot of drama with and that I know my best friend had a lot of drama, that I would not have called them beforehand and talked about this. So one of these things has to be true. Either this is a lie and they've already talked about this or Carla's not as good for the Drita as Drita is to Carla because this is one of those things that you want to know about immediately. Um, so, you know, Carla tells her and Drita's like, what? And Carla also calls Drita her best friend in this. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. Are you guys best friends? I don't usually use best friend. I don't like to say that because 
best friend implies there are lesser friends. And I just don't believe in that. I like, I've never been a click type of girl. I have lots of different types of friends. And so I'll have a work friends and I'll have uh, relationship friends and I'll have school. I'll have like friends I went to high school with and shit like that. I just have a bunch of different types of friends. And I don't think either one of them is any better. Even if I've known them a lot longer, I still don't think that they are better than one another. They all do something for me. I get something out of those relationships and it's all very different. I got internet friends and in real life friends. I made a mom friend. I was like real shocked about that because I don't even like the word mom friend. Um, so, so if you hear me calling someone my best friend, I really am trying to like fit into a narrative, like to make a shortcut because I don't think of people as best friends. I got oldest friends. I got close friends. I don't. I don't have best best friends like that. Um, and if anybody, if I had to like, if gun to my head, you made me like pick someone. It will be, it will be my husband or my mother. And I guess my mother because I've known her all my fucking life and I'm very close to her. And my husband because I don't know. We share bodily fluids and income. I don't know. Like, but I guess those are my two people that I'm the closest to in the entire world. But even then, I don't like calling people best friends. I still need to be able to complain about my husband, right, um, to people. It's, it's, it's necessary. So, <clears throat> I, I don't, but even as someone who doesn't really, like, believe in best friends, I, I don't think Carla is Drew's best friend. They don't act the way I think best friends would act. Um, so Carla has decided that she will stay neutral between Ramona, Karen, and Jarita. And I don't know how you do that. You just call someone your best friend. They hate each other. And you're, fr you're, you're saying your best friends, but at the very least, I would say you're close friends with one of them and you just know, barely know the other ones. I'm not saying you have to join a street fight. In fact, I would advise against it. Uh, I actually enjoy Carla sitting by while Renee and Drew are talking about, I'm not going to let anybody jump you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Carla basically being like, can I get a drink refill? Because I too, I would not let my friend get hurt in front of me. I would try to do something about that. But Renee and Drita are fighters, okay? They're going to fight every every other day. You can't keep throwing yourself into that type of shit. Those type of people, I don't know that I'd be... You know, if I were someone with a friend and they were being attacked, I would definitely try to, like, do what I can to help. But Renee and Drita are fighters, and I just, I don't know that I could be throwing myself in with them every week when they fight with a new person or mad at a new fucking person. And so don't get me wrong. I don't think Carla needs to be in a street fight. That's not what I'm saying. But you can't be neutral. Literally, one of them is your friend, and she's against these other two. How could you possibly be neutral? I don't know how that works. Um, and that's essentially what Drita says in her talking head. It's not going to work. So then we see Big Ange. Big, Big Ange lights up the screen. She brought little Louie, which is a Pomeranian she has, to a pet store to get some outfits. Do you guys remember when we... And I don't mean we as in me. I mean we as a society. We'll walk around with these little fucking dogs and put outfits on them all the time. And this is very a Paris Hilton. Remember Brittany and, and Bit Bit? Remember she had that little, she had a ton of dogs. But you know what I'm talking about. 
that they would just walk around with like a dog in a purse with an outfit on. And I mean, I, I just don't see a lot of that in 2021, mostly because you should be in your house because we're in a pandemic. But <laughs> uh, even in 2012, when this was airing, I think Big Edge is a little late for that. And I also think uh, Little Louie's a little big for that. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, she tells us that she went out with that guy. Remember that guy that her brother introduced her to? The one that just got out of prison for murder and her son was like, doesn't make him a bad person. Like, I don't know. Murder is one of those things. <laughs> you know, a lot of things people do don't make them bad person. The criminal things. Because, like, the, the, something might be illegal, but it's not immoral. Something might be immoral, but it's not illegal. And you really have to, like... You can't just be like, well, that's against the law and then therefore you're a bad person because a lot of things are fucking against the law and administrative shit can be against the law. And so you do have to like understand what your moral code is. But I'm going to say that almost always if you went to prison for murder, you might need some to look inside yourself and like work on that because... There's just very few, few, few times I think I could be on your side if you murdered someone. It's just, I mean, and I feel like if there were like good circumstances behind that, good circumstances, what does that even mean? But I feel like that would have been said. I feel like Big Andrew's like, well, he was in jail for murder because um, somebody had killed his mama and he killed, you know, something like that. Again, my Big Ange is fucking terrible. When will I get my Big Ange back? Is when we find out the truth is Princess never had a big Ange and she's just listening to herself and that's why she's realizing is that well is that what's gonna come at the end of this probably but um you know she he was in murder you know and he said he was gonna buy her little Louie a puppy but he didn't he just goes to her and that's just not what she's used to she said when she dated wise guys in the past they bought her everything cars diamonds furs. Persian cats flown in for other com- from other countries. What is that? Where's that cat at? What are you talking about? And now she can't even get a puppy. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> this is why I like her on the show. She's just funny. I don't know. She's just funny. She's not too serious. She's not trying to fight anybody. She's got these big tits that, that the fucking dog is, is drowning in. And she's that's why I like her. Um, she puts little Louie in a Jack sweater. Remember that time? Remember that? Remember when Jax was fighting with that sweater on and then he took it off and then he tried to sell sweaters and shit? Remember? That's what little Louie's wearing. I hear Vanderpump Rules is coming back. I don't want that. <laughs> Let the fucking show die. I want Vanderpump. If Vanderpump Rules is going to come back, we need to break the fourth wall. That's what I want to see. And I'll give it a go because they got some of the most egregious people off of it. I'll give it a go. But I just, I, I think what the problem is going to be is that the show is going to come back, right? And it's not going to get the same ratings because it hasn't been on in years at this point, right? It hasn't missed two seasons. And it already had shitty, shitty ratings the last season. And it's not going to, it's just not going to get great ratings. And then people are going to be like, oh, they should have let the white supremacists stay on there. That's, that's what people do. And no, <laughs> so I, I don't want it to come back, but I guess I'll watch it. I heard Sheena Shea uh, got engaged and I, 
uh, listen, there are no good people on Vanderpump Rules. They're all trash cans, and maybe Ariana's a recycling bin, but that's also a type of trash can. So they're, they're not good people. Um, but Sheena Shea has wanted to be married and have a baby so much for so long, it's been palatable. Like, she really tried to make that shit work with Mike Shea so that she can get married and have a baby. She really did that. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I know people, first thing, are going to be like, oh, Sheena Shea used his drug addiction against him, and she did not act honorably in a lot. Well, why would she? She's a terrible person. Um, But she's wanted it really bad. So bad that she tried to make it work with someone who's obviously in the depths of something that you just don't get married in the middle of. And now she's got the baby. What is it? What's the baby's name? Sheena Jr.? I don't know. I don't know what that baby's name is. I want her to spell it in a way that's easy to remember, unlike Sheena. I I, I want, I don't know. I just I, I just want some simple spellings and shit. But she's got, she's got a baby on the way, and she's engaged to, like, a cute guy that throws up in the air and catches her a lot, I guess. That's cool. She seems happy. I And like, I like seeing people get with, that's a thing that'll make me cry. So, seeing somebody want something really, really bad for a really long time and then finally get it. That's the thing that'll make me fucking cry. But yeah, why, why am I talking about Sheena? Why am I talking about her? I fucking don't remember. I really don't fucking remember. Uh, but, oh, the Jack sweater. But she puts, she puts, uh, Little Louie in a jack sweater, a hoodie, a top hat. And Little Louie about bites Big Angie's hand off. He does not want to do this. And then he pisses on the floor. See, I know people love to dress up dogs and, like, get nail polish and get them, like, dyed pink and shit. And that's cool. Whatever you want to do. It's fine. I don't like to do that with my animals when I have them because I don't ever want to put them in a position. Like, as much as we personify animals all the time... They really do look at the world differently than we look at. Certain things that we think are just fine because we, because it's a part of our society is not just fine for them. And so anytime I have to leave them at the groomers or the doctor or anything longer than necessary when they're usually caged, usually around a bunch of un, unfamiliar dogs, lots of noise, barking and shit. It's a stressful situation. Even if they're not like, you know, even if they're dogs that don't shy away from, it's still stressful. I don't like them to do that any longer than they have to. I don't like them to wear clothes. They don't want to fucking wear clothes. If they want to wear the clothes, if they run and they, they want, then let them wear the fucking clothes. But if putting the clothes on and then they're scratching and then they're kind of looking, I don't want them to wear the fucking clothes. Because I don't because they don't have to. I do have to take them to the vet. I do have to, um, you know, make them do things they don't want to do for their own fucking good to make it, to make them be able to live here in human society with me. But... Putting on some boots and a and a snowsuit ain't one of them. So if I don't have to, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I just that's just how I feel. So like I can't like if he's biting your fucking hands off, <laughs> and then like I'm like girl, he don't want to do all that. <laughs> Leave him alone. And then he gets down and pisses on the floor. And Big Ange is like, what are you gonna do? Again, not Big Ange. So. <laughs> You're going to pick it up, Big Ange. That's what you're going to do. You can't own a dog if you're not willing to pick up piss and shit. So, <laughs> so um, 
Karen's book is about to come out, which is funny. I thought the first season, uh, Karen's book came out the first season, but I guess not. I guess they just read some excerpts. Um, she's going to media training. She's worried about people like getting her to lose her cool in, in, in interviews, which she should be because, uh, yeah, she should be. Some of the things she's worried about them saying is like that her dad was a murderer. True. That her dad was a snitch. True. Like she owns up to the murderer part that he killed a lot of people. But the snitch part she doesn't want to own up to. But what's a snitch? A snitch is somebody who participates in an activity with you and then will give you up in exchange for a lesser... For their own, for their own like needs. That's what a snitch is. It doesn't matter if you're talking about children. Doesn't matter if you're talking about at work. It doesn't. That's what a snitch is. So what? That's what he is. And, I, and believe me, I'm not like. I'm not. I don't look down on him for that either. Because don't commit no crimes with me. Because I'm not doing jail time. First of all, I'm 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 not gonna be committing crimes. But if somehow we together are committing a crime together for some reason and I am offered a deal, I will take it. Don't, don't, just don't even tell me about your crimes. Don't do it. I mean, hopefully I'll, you know, I'll avoid being arrested. But if I am and they're like, tell on them, I'm like, yes, sir. What do you want me to know? <laughs> There's no honor among thieves. And like I've talked about in the past, what these values they're talking about are very old school mafia type shit. We're talking the 20s and shit, okay? That's that's the type of values. But once they started doing those racketeering charges where you could be a small, they could if they could connect all these crimes together, it becomes a conspiracy. And it doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if you were in a fucking room. It doesn't matter if what you did was something small. It doesn't matter if what all you did was drive the truck. You could be charged at the same level as the person who pulled the trigger or the person who uh or the person who ran the whole fucking thing. You could be charged as much you you get the same fucking time as the guy who's running the whole fucking operation. And now I didn't get paid like the man who was running the operation. I don't have the power and the lawyers and the shit like the man who was running the operation. So yeah, people started flipping. Like people flip all the fucking time. In fact, you should, if you are committing a crime with more than one person, you should assume the other person's going to flip on you. Even if they're your mama, they are going to flip on you. Um, you know, when we're talking about the twenties and the thirties and stuff, when they're talking about, oh, you never tell, you never do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. But that's because you get arrested for, you know, you get arrested for uh, stabbing somebody in a bar fight and you do your year or whatever the fuck it is you end up with. You're two years and you're out. But now they find that that's a guy from a different, uh, from a different family and also there was somebody, there was a hit done down the street and they connect all this shit and now your little fucking bar fight knife get, is they're like yeah we're gonna try to charge you with 40 fucking years <laughs> 40 years is a long fucking time it's a long time it tests loyalties and the truth is very few people are that loyal very few people want to do a couple decades for you so yeah like i, I i'm not i'm not a I, don't get me wrong i'm not calling 
I, I'm not someone that's like, I can't believe he's such a snitch. And, um, I'm just saying that is what he is. Like, words mean things, and that's what he is. He's the biggest snitch of all time. He brought Gotti down. Um, and as for her stuff, she's worried that people might say she's taking blood money. Basically, that she's writing this book, Telltales, about her life and her father and crimes that she too has participated in. And she'll get paid, she'll be being paid for it. Um, the lady she's working with, the, with the media training, says that some interviewers, not only do they say stuff like that, they say stuff like that on purpose to get the shit from you. They want you, they want the ratings of you flipping over a table and threatening to fuck somebody up. She then asked Karen if she's afraid that the mob will be upset about her book. And they air, edit Karen to look dumbfounded at first. But I think that's an edit where they make her pause and just like stare. Um, but then she says she doesn't care. She wrote what was true and people get mad, they get mad. So Renee and Junior go to her therapist. Now, I've talked to, I used to have a podcast called Spelling Tea. It, it's still on the Solid Listen Patreon, I believe. Um, I did Tory, uh, True Story, True Tory, excuse me, where Tori and Dean... Tori Spelling and her husband, Dean McDermott, were in quote-unquote couples therapy, but they weren't. What they were, she's had the same therapist, gosh, for 20 years at that point. Had to be at least 20 years at that point. And she, uh, they didn't get a couples therapist. What they did was they had them go in and do couple sessions with her therapist. And the difference between those things is that, like, a couple's therapist, usually you're both patients. Uh, the therapist has the interest of both both your interests at heart and your relationship at heart. And, and you may do separate sessions by yourself. That would be fine. But she is treating you as a couple. When it's your therapist, and I, had, I did this with my therapist, too. I haven't been to my therapist in, in a a long time and I might go back to therapy but when I was in therapy hardcore I sometimes would have my husband come to a session uh it was super hard because he's afraid of therapists he's afraid of being therapeutized but what she I mean first of all she wouldn't let me use her as a weapon that's what she told me I was like well then what the fuck am I paying you for and <laughs> but what she reminded me is this is that this is my session that I brought him into not a couple session because that'd be a different thing she's going to facilitate uh him and I talking about some issues I have. And while she's not going to let something terrible happen to him, she's there on my behalf. And that's exactly what's going on here. This is Renee's therapist. It's not Junior's therapist. And they're not doing couples therapy. What they're doing is a couple, a session where it's the same as if you brought in your mom to a session or a sister or something. It, it's So you guys can talk about things about the two of you, but this is really Renee's session. Um... Junior starts talking about the relationship and how it went so fast when they first met and he was like 24 and like fresh out of prison all three, four years and they fought a lot and Junior's saying he wasn't prepared to be married. He was not even like the way he says it. First of all, let me, let me just start here. This is the most I've seen Junior talk since we met, since, right? And I sat down and I said, wait, am I attracted to Junior? And then I said, princess, roll it back. 
this is what you do. When you see a lot of somebody, sometimes you go, wait, am I in love with that person? Am I attracted to that person? This happened when I was watching The Big Bang Theory. Remember, guys, when I went back, I'd never seen it, and I started watching it, and I watched it straight through twice because I did enjoy it. I was like, oh, this is funny. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm a sitcom queen. I love I love that type of shit. It's, it's, it's a sitcom. It's funny. But about halfway through the first one, I was like, wait, am I attracted to Sheldon? Is that what this is happening? And no, that's not what was happening. I just was enjoying the show. It was like, because then maybe, maybe five or six episodes later, they had him on a train, like what? He had baby all over him because Amy was having a, a sexual fantasy of him. And he had baby oil all over him. He was wearing overalls. And I was like, oh no, mm -mm. I, no. I, I, think, I think the reason I thought I might be attracted to him is because he... He gives me old people vibes, just the way he even talks, because the character. And I just thought he'd be like cool and soft and smell like baby powder or something. I thought he'd be a nice place to land. But then I was like, mm -mm, no. The the show called My Bluff and was like, are you? And I was like, nope. And so <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at Junior with his scar tattoo, his scar scar, his Lion King scar on his eye. And I'm like, wait, am I attracted to him? No, no. I just like it when people talk honestly about their feelings. And what he said is that he wasn't prepared to be married, which is true. Absolutely fucking true. And he cheated and he lied a lot. And he says it, the whole thing took him by storm. Like, it just moved fast. It was it was loud. It was just... He, he's basically talking about he was in a whirlwind. Um, And then... Renee blows up. And I don't know if it was edited this way or something else is going on, but Renee, Renee blows up. And she says, she didn't think of it that way. That they were in love, that they were that they were good together. And the only thing that was wrong with him was, was him cheating. And this, the therapist stops her and says, but what did you hear him say? Because she's like, she is very upset and he is not upset. And even just the way he was talking was not upset. He was just like, no, I just wasn't prepared to get married. And I was young and it just went really fast. Which is, I think, I, Renee's like, he's insulting me. And I was like, is he though? So the, Renee, so the therapist stops and says, what did you just hear? And she starts crying and she's just like, he's insulting me. He doesn't, I don't remember relationship being that bad. She remembers him wanting her and her wanting him. And the therapist then tells Junior to rephrase. And I was like, why? He didn't say any of that. In fact, he didn't even lean towards that. What you should be talking to Renee is about how she can rephrase her thoughts, reframe her thoughts. This is something... I absolutely need, and my therapist has, 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 in the past has worked with me on, about reframing my thoughts. Because my first thought is something negative when that's actually not even true. And if I were to write it down on a piece of paper logically and look at it, it wouldn't fit. But that's what I want to say. And that's what I want. Like, Renee, let's walk Renee through the right path of thought. That what he's saying is that it went very fast and he wasn't prepared. Wouldn't she agree that's true? Because he wasn't. He wasn't ready to be married. He wasn't ready to settle down. He wasn't ready to stop fucking other bitches. He wasn't. <laughs> and we can't teach Junior how to say things differently when he didn't even say that. that that's, 
that's not sustainable. What you have to do is make Renee go back and note what he actually fucking said to her, not what she thought he said. And so Renee tells us their relationship was beautiful until he started sleeping with the tramp that slides down the pole. Okay, way to, way to shame him. Wait, Renee, okay. Also, I'm not going to believe that's the only problem you had. I'm just not going, I'm not going to believe everything was super perfect and beautiful and all that bullshit. And you guys were so happy together. And the only problem was that no matter how happy you were, your baby and your life and you made a great couple and you're all the things you did and and you said everything was perfect except for if if another woman looked at him, he just fuck him. That is not, that's, (laughs) I don't believe that. Um, Junior said they had a lot of fights and she asked what for because she's trying to lead him to him lying and cheating which was part of it and he's saying her mood swings and she says she had mood swings because he wasn't coming home and also she had to have lipo because she needed her body right because he's around strippers all the time and he looks confused he's like I didn't tell you to get lipo and she agrees but says that he's that he said he was unattracted to her because she was 135 pounds and therefore fat what? Okay. And he says he never called her fat. And she says, well, all right, well, you never called me fat. And I was like, wait. So, but the other night, so before I go on that part, he didn't ask her to have lipo. He never called her fat in that time, I guess. And she said, but because he was giving his attention to women with other bodies she decided to have those things okay okay we'll come back to that but she's like you never call me fat but the other night or you never you never call you never call me fat but the other night they were being intimate okay so they were fucking and she asked them why he chose to look at her now when they were fucking And apparently, from what I understand, is that it was doggy style, all doggy style, all the time before. I that that's what I gathered from this. And this time, they're staring in each other's eyes while they fuck. And she asked him why. He says, "Cause you're thin now. Because I want to look at you." Wow. I want to, I want to like break this down. First of all, Renee came to do this. <laughs> Renee came to do this. I think Junior's like, oh, we got to go see the therapist for the show. And that you're going to talk about trust and stuff like that. He's very like, why are you saying this? Okay, that's one layer. The other layer is, apparently you said that, Junior. Gross. You said it. I mean, he didn't say he didn't say it. He said he's willing to say all the things he didn't say before. And I don't know. Is Renee thin now? I'm looking at pictures of Renee when she was met Junior. Renee was a lot skinnier then. What does that mean? I am very shocked by all of this. I don't believe I would be able to finish having sex with someone who said something like that to me. And I've talked about, my husband is not a great uh, 
uh, speaker, okay? He often lets things get away from him. He often forgets things. And one of the funniest, funny now, but wasn't funny at the time, moments we've had together is we just finished eating at Hooters and we're sitting in the car and he's starting up to go away, to go. And we're just sitting there and he's looking at me and he's smiling really hard. When my husband is happy, his eyes sparkle. It's so fucking, you can, he looks so, when he is happy, it is, there's no, he, no, there's nothing like it in the fucking world. And a lot of times it's because, I don't know, we're watching The Nanny and he finds it very funny. <laughs> or, or a joke has been, like, it's so, it's so weird, but sometimes I'll look at him and his eyes will just be off the fucking, and I'm like, he is so, he, he is so amused by what's happening right now. And so he's looking at me like that. I'm like, what? And he goes, I don't know. Your arms are just so fat. I just love your fat arms. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, what? I just, they're so cute. And he reaches over and pinches my arm and goes, I don't know. They're just so chubby and fat. And I just think you're so cute. And I was like, excuse me. We just finished eating so many fucking chicken wings and we get in this car and you looked at me and said, let me, let me demolish this bitch. <laughs> but he was like, what? I'm telling you how cute I think you are. And you are cute. Look at your little chubby arms. And he pinches the, I was like, oh, take me home. Take me home. Like, let's be honest, I know I'm fat. <laughs> but I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not like super worried about people calling me fat. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be screamed, hey, fat bitch in, in the, in the streets. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm not like, oh my God, someone noticed I was fat. They, they have eyes, they can see me. But I, just that he was looking at me with such love and amusement and happiness in his eyes and was just like really gag smiling at me like just cheesing at me and when I ask what he's thinking he goes I'm just thinking about your fat arms <laughs> and I can tell you a fucking million stories like that where where I was like what and then he says something and I'm like why would you let that come out of your mouth but the difference is that I one we weren't having sex two I don't think he was trying to hurt me. He was trying to compliment me and tell me how much he likes these chubby ass arms. <laughs> and three, I don't know. I just like, that's not the feeling I get from Junior. And like I said, it's possible he could be one of those people that just really does not know what to say. But also, this is terrible. And this is absolutely something you need to apologize for. I cannot believe he said that to her, that the reason I'm not fucking you so I can't see your face and body is because I, you're skinny now. Renee tells us in her talking head that she was very confident before she met Junior and that, but when she met him, she wasn't skinny enough or pretty enough for him and it gave her issues. And I don't believe that. I think Renee's always had issues and I think that, that Junior represents a big part of them. I don't think like somebody who's not who who doesn't think you're skinny or pretty enough can't get you if you don't already have a few self-esteem issues. You understand? Like that negging shit doesn't work 
with somebody who is truly confident because they just think you're an asshole. They don't think what you're saying. They don't internalize what you're saying. And, but I do understand where Renee is coming from, but it only adds to more questions to me. Why would you want to get back together with him? So at this point, Junior's mad. He says, don't worry about it. Renee says that his ears are so red she doesn't want to get in the car with him. I, too, believe he's going to have a lot to say in the car. I'm not saying Junior uh, beats up Renee or anything or even hits her at all or anything. But I do believe he's not going to be quiet in that car and he's pissed. And I, too, wouldn't want to go. I think it's going to get wild up in there that, that, that night. The therapist um, finally talks. I'm like, oh, good. You... <laughs> You, you, you actually you actually did something. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and he asks what the goals are for what they're doing. Like, the, you guys getting back together, what are the goals for this? What are we doing? And Jerry says, I don't know. And Renee goes, he shut down. <laughs> like, that really annoyed me. Renee, stop talking for Junior. Stop talking for Junior. There is a, a type of way that Renee tries to control situations. And one of them is that she's going to come to this therapist and she's going to tell the therapist what Junior is feeling, seeing, and thinking. And, and I'm like, no, Renee, stay in your own body. Concentrate on what you're feeling, seeing, and thinking. Concentrate on expressing that. Stop. You are not his seeing eye dog. Also, the therapist... No, the, I'm assuming a therapist has been licensed and has a little experience. She, He knows what shutting down looks like. We don't need this from you. I don't know. I just, it really fucking annoyed me. I was like, girl, you, this is a symptom of the problem with you and, and Junior. You're too worried about what he's feeling. Big Ange and Drita meet up to let little Louie run around the park. Drita doesn't even have a dog with her. Why, why are they in the dog park? This, producers, do better. Um... Big Ange is talking about the guy again and how he showed up to dinner with flowers and a knife that doesn't show fingerprints. Big Ange doesn't want no guy like that. And I don't I don't want her to have a guy like that either. If it, it, She's like, I don't want a man anymore. And I'm like, yeah, if that's what the pickings are, let's not have any men. That's ridiculous. Uh, Drita tells Big Ange about uh, Drita, I mean Drita, about Carla and Ramona working it out. And Big Ange says, I hope she knows what she's doing. And Drita says that Karen and Ramona hold on to the past. That's the type of woman they are. Okay. Well, the thing that you did to Karen is in the past. I mean, I don't think, I, I, I honestly don't think it's as big a deal as Karen wants to make it out to be. I really don't. I, I think that I might have pointed it out, but then left it alone. Because, I mean, what what is it you want Drita to do? Go back in time? Leave her husband? She's trying. Get rid of those kids? No. I mean, there's nothing she can do to make it better except acknowledge it. And then she won't acknowledge it. So, all right, then don't fuck with her. But also, Big Ange tells her she doesn't need more violence in her life. She doesn't need boxing because she beats everybody up already. I agree. I don't know if Drita getting good, better at, at punching people is actually a very good idea. She's been punching people. I Maybe, maybe, maybe she'd take up knitting or something like that. So next we see Renee in the park trying to talk to Junior on the phone. She's been calling and texting and he has not answered. He says he's busy. And she's like, okay, but are you still mad at me? Yes, Renee. That's why he's not calling or texting you back. What are you doing? And she's asking to be forgiven, saying she's waiting for Ramon at the courthouse and she just feels like, like shit and he's shutting her down. And then she says, are you fucking kidding me? 
and hangs up. Or actually, she got hung up on. So Ramon shows up. Apparent, they're, they want us to believe they that Ramona is leaving her boyfriend's arraignment. I do not believe that. I think they just chose to sat around the courthouse to do this scene. But I just don't believe she's leaving the arraignment. But she was there for his arraignment. He's in jail and waiting for bail. They're trying to see if they can get bail. Uh, she's really not used to being in the court stuff because again, her family stuff is more for her grandfather. So if she was a little kid, she's not, she's just not, it's not, she's not like Karen where her dad would like go to jail all the time. Um, you know, she feels terrible. Uh, the court system is a huge fucking maze and it always feels like you're gonna lose and it always, it just, it takes a lot out of you. And it's not just the people being going through the court system, it's the people around them too. And that's essentially what Renee says. She says she's used to it for years. Her father, her brother-in-law, her ex-husband. Uh, Ramona says she feels helpless. What can she do? And Renee says he's helpless, not her. She's a support system. She's supposed to give hope. And Ramona says it breaks her heart. Renee says, yeah, they won't even let her father out of the halfway house. But why not? I want to, like, what's the reason? Your daddy's old as fuck. And Renee says that once they walk through the courthouse doors, odds are they aren't coming home. She says that when the federal government pinches you, odds are it's just going to be like a drawn out situation. And she tells Ramona to buckle up and don't expect him home anytime soon. And Ramona, Renee's not wrong about this. Um, federal cases are no joke. They, they really like to, they don't like to fuck up their win ratios. And so uh, if you are being taken to court on a federal level, they got some shit on you. They really do. Um, they got fed time on top of that. And I believe you do hundred percent of your fed time. Uh, if you ever, I forget the name of it. I think it's called Jailbirds. If you ever watch that Netflix series, it's like a docu-series. It's like three or four episodes, maybe six, where they're just in, I believe it's in Chicago. They're in county jail. And they do this segment called Jail Time, Jail Math. And that's because it depends, right? You don't just, you don't have, if you're in county, you don't have like 18 months. You have 18 months, but they take off time for good behavior and overcrowding. And then it depends on some other shit. And so like, they do this segment where they make everybody explain how much time they have. And I mean, it was like a beautiful life up in that bitch, okay? It was a beautiful mind up in that bitch. They're like, carry the one. <laughs> Pie times the speed of light. <laughs> it just, because that's how they, that's how time is determined on county levels, like on, on, on the lowest levels, okay? But federal time is 100%. You do your time. You get 15 years, you do 15 years, okay? And, and it, I don't know, it, it like, it's no joke. <laughs> and they also take their time. A federal case, they can just take, they can just take years building a federal case against you. They can know about the shit you're doing. They can have receipts. They could be, they could just be sitting over there just working on it. Slow and steady wins the race. It is, it's, and when they get their teeth in you, it's really hard to get it out. It's bad fucking news. Nobody wants a federal case. She's right. Here's the other thing, though, I I can't get over about mob wives in general, is that they act like these guys were 
on the corner singing five-part harmony. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Minding her business. I don't know. Uh, maybe passing around a package of M&M's like they do in the commercials. Like more than one person can eat one package of M&M's. Do, you know, whatever. On this, and then suddenly the feds show up and like, let's get them. That's actually not what happens. In this, and keep in mind, I am not someone... I honestly have a healthy doubt of all things the government tells me. In general, I do. I'm like, okay, well, let's check that out and see if that's fucking true. And the truth is, I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the feds. I don't trust none of that shit. But you're not going to convince me that all this is coming down and you did nothing. It might be possible, but I just don't believe that to be true. And Renee, all these people she's talking about that she has to like support while they're in prison, they are committing crimes. And I know that people like Renee will be like, well, that shouldn't be a crime. Okay, but it sh- maybe it shouldn't be a crime, but you knew it was a crime when you did it. And you knew, you knew it was a big fucking crime. And you knew about this lifestyle. You cannot tell me you didn't, and here I am saying lifestyle too. You cannot tell me you're not getting the mob lifestyle and you were just like, you did not even know it was going to be like this. I'm just, I, I feel like in a lot of ways they've made their bets. I'm not saying that certain things weren't unfair. Certain, I'm not saying that at all, okay? I believe that to be true. I, I, and I'm also, and I'm, listen, like I've explained to you guys, my father's, my bio father has been in prison for 40 years. He just went up for parole again on the 19th. And one day I will talk to you about, the things my father is in prison for, the complicated relationship I have with his with his side of the family, and the complicated relationship I have with the idea of him ever being paroled. Like, I have resigned myself to the fact that he will die in prison. And I actually, the feelings I have about that are complicated. But I have even more complicated ideas with the idea that he might actually be paroled one day. And... I, there's no other word to describe all this shit besides complicated. So I understand what it's like to have someone that you care about in these positions. I've dated dudes that, I mean, I, don't, I would never do that anymore, but I have dated people that have their run-ins with the law and things like, I, I, yeah. But you have to separate that from you pretending like this person is completely innocent because for the most part, they are not. Like, definitely, I've, I've heard tales of people being completely innocent and being released and, like, someone having to fight to, like, prove their innocence. Like, that's a, that's a real thing. But also, for the majority of us who have loved ones in this system, innocence is relative. And you can care about somebody and also acknowledge they did some things that they should not have done. And for Renee particularly, you can't, you can't glorify mob lifestyle and then be sitting outside a court her courthouse crying because the feds took away your men. Okay? I just I mean, I guess you can cuz she does. But I'm just saying it looks off. It doesn't make no fucking sense. So Let's see where am I? So they go out there, they talk to him. Um remote, you know, it's, it's rough. Um, the next scene we get is Aaliyah talking to Dorita about how the police office came into school to talk. 
And she asked what happens when kids get in the fights. And the cop told her both kids go to jail. And so Aaliyah asked Drita if she ever gets in the fights. And Drita's like, right, right. <laughs> She's like, uh, do you have a Halloween party this year? And Aaliyah's like, isn't she doesn't have it. She's like, you know, I'm smart. Answer the question. And then the phone rings in his sleep. The truth is, like, I understand where Drita is at. Drita doesn't want her kids to grow up like she grew up. And Drita does not want her kids out running these fucking streets. She certainly doesn't want her kids brawling on a rooftop, on a balcony. They're like, who the fuck wants their kids to grow up like that? They're, I remember when my when my oldest, the one that just turned, his birthday was this last Wednesday. He's 11 now. When this past school year, someone was messing with him on the bus. I told you guys, I raised my kids not to fight. My kids don't like to fight. My kids don't, my kids don't. They, they don't do shit like that. But I wasn't raised that way. And the reason I'm raising them to be better people is because I know what it... I, I don't want them to... I don't want them to have any of the fucking problems I've had in my life. I don't want them to be around any type of uh, low lifestyle being around my life. I actually don't want them... I want... When they look on TV and someone's calling from jail, they're like, do they allow phones in jail? And I'm like, good, because you don't know shit about... I want that for them. I want that. Um... So I understand where you just come from. She's like, oh, yeah, yep, that's the right thing to do. Like, the people are going to go to jail. You don't want to get involved in that. <laughs> but also, Aaliyah's 11, 12 years old. She's not an idiot, guys. So I'm sure she knows all about the shit. But he talks to, she talks to Lee. And she, does, she hasn't been talking to Lee, and we know that because he starts off with, what's up, stranger? <laughs> uh, he hasn't been talking. They, he hasn't seen her. He says he knows she's upset with him and that they're going to be a part of each other's lives no matter what. So they should be friends. And he doesn't want it to get ugly. And she starts crying. She says she's crying because Lee called her, apologized, and confessed. Now listen, all he said was he fucked up. And she takes all of that. He didn't confess to shit. When people confess, they tell, they're like, I did X, Y, and Z. He basically said, listen, some mistakes were made. And that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's what he said. But you know, that's that's enough for her. She ain't even got that before. She says, apparently he's never even said I fucked up to her before. Can't believe she's been married to this man. She says she's still going to divorce him. No, she isn't, but okay. So now Ramona gra- gathers them in the park. Are they in the same park? Are they in the same grassy knoll across from the courthouse? <laughs> but... She wants to tell him her boyfriend went to jail. And they bleep out the man's name. That's curious. Why do they have to bleep out his name? And they, she says that he won't be around for a long time. And that no one knows how long. And one of the kids asks about bail. And she says that she doesn't know about bail. But they can pray. Maybe God will hear them. They can try. She also needs to tell him that she that she went to jail. And they don't seem shocked. Um... I don't know. Honestly, kids are weird. It's possible they are shocked. It's also possible they already know this shit. I mean, they're out here asking about bail. They're, they're, I, that kid's, what, eight, nine years old? The one that asked about that? I mean, I don't know. I, I can't get a read off of them because I don't know those kids. But kids, you can tell some kids some real shocking shit and they'll just sit there and stare at you. And they could be going through it inside, but they don't show you. It's, it's weird. So Karen's calling Dave, her baby daddy. In Arizona. Remember, Dave just got out of prison. He's been in prison off the same shit that her daddy went to prison for. Um, he was a part of that ecstasy ring. And he comes in hot right away. Cause she's like, he she he's like, she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, what's up with you? And she's like, 
I'm just here in New York. It's hot in here, like the desert. I don't know. She said something. And he goes, well, you should feel good because you ran away from Arizona to New York. And Karen's calm at first. She didn't, she's, she's very calm about this, which is, I was like a little worried. I was like, she's not going to yell. And she says, she didn't run. She has business there. And she, and he says, she has business in Arizona and a family there. And then he tells her, he doesn't know what she's going to do, but he's going to tell her. And again, it seems like Karen popped a zanny. She's just very much like, huh? What? <laughs> she's very calm. I want whatever she's on. And so he tells her he's not going to be a single dad. Now, here's the thing. I thought Karen and Dave broke up. I thought they weren't together. He, you already are a single dad, right? You're already a single dad because you ain't with Karen. Um, I thought she came to New York single. But the way he's talking, she and he are still together. And, and her being gone is putting a strain on their family. Like, she is supposed to be with them. Um, she says that she's been a single mom for years. That's right. Dave was in prison for the same shit her dad was in prison for. And she says that he's not going to be a single father because she's moving her daughter there to be with her. She tells her that, she tells him that, well, she tells us, because she's in the she's in the confessional, that Dave is always back in prison whenever the going is tough. So for him to attack her because she is up there working, and he has to take care of his own kid. It's bullshit. And I agree. As long as y'all are broken up, like if you guys are together and you just out here in New York on with no plan to, you know, with no return ticket to bring your ass home, I will be upset. But you guys are broken up. So as long as you're broken up, you have a communication plan. Why can't Dave do the heavy lifting for a while? Why can't he? Like, I also don't understand why Karina can't stay in New York, but that, I mean, whatever. They, you got your reasons. The reason, the reason I think Karina can't stay... The reason I'm wondering why Karina can't stay in New York is not me being like, well, then Dave has to work so hard. No, Dave. Do what the fuck you're supposed to do. Shit. She tells him not to get an attitude with her because he's probably in Arizona slapping his dick all over her couch doing his business anyway, which I believe is true. He's probably fucking. I do recall at one point there there's a storyline about that. And But again, are they broken up or not? Because he can fuck whoever he wants to be broken up. My understanding is that Dave is staying at Karen's house, not his own. So not only is she up there working to get money, you're staying at her place. So she starts yelling about how, like, the, the reason I think this is because she's yelling about how she's letting him stay there to get his off his feet, to get back on his feet. Again, that makes it sound like you guys aren't together. So, because if you were together, him staying there wouldn't be to get him back up on his feet. And she says she's trying to make it right for herself and her for her family. And he is trying to tell her what to do. They start screaming, fuck you. And he says, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm still that same OG. <laughs> okay. What's that? What, what are you saying, Dave? She better keep her, she better uh, start talking to you right before you fuck her up. What are you saying? And she says, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm still that same OG. <laughs> And he's talking to her like he wants to fucking fight her. The way he's talking to her, it is very aggressive. I don't understand. And I understand that Karen's an aggressive person. But she didn't get on that phone like that. He did. She didn't. I agree she fight too much. She's too aggressive. And I, sometimes I'm wondering what kind of coke she's on. But that's she. he did this, not her. First of all, ain't no felon gonna talk to me like that. Because... You ain't going to talk to me sporty from my couch, drinking my juices 
in my air conditioning in Arizona. You're not going to do that. Uh, don't make me call your parole officer. I'm just joking. I would never do that. I would, <laughs> I would never get somebody jammed up like that. I wouldn't do that to somebody. But you're going you're gonna to talk to me with some fucking respect, all right? Because your ass could be down at the halfway house. You really could. And you're not going to talk to me all crazy. And the reason the air conditioning is still on there is because I'm up here working on this fucking show they're recording this on, okay? Don't fuck with me. I mean, just don't push me, Dave. Take Karina to fucking school, make those lunches, do the laundry, and calm the fuck down, bro. You're not in prison. You're, you're lucky not to be. She hangs up on him, and I think that's the right thing to do. Like, don't don't even fucking talk to somebody. Um, Karen, so later she goes to do her mom candy shoot. She looks good. She does two out. I mean, let me let me be clear. She looks, I'm saying they put clothes on her that fit and she has makeup on. She looks, she, go, she looks good that way. I'm not saying that I was like, oh, very impressed with this. I like the first thing that was a little flowy, but that's just my style of type of things. And the second thing, she, I think her lipstick was too red. Um, even though I look like, I don't wear a lot of makeup. I mostly do eyeliner and a bright, bright fucking lip. Like, I love a bold lip, and I, I love one, but I, it didn't look right on her. Um, she gets through the questions for the interview just fine. Um, Ramona, no, Renee, Carla, and Drita go over to Drita's kitchen counter. One of the, the, the running jokes about this in the first season is how Drita just, we watched her for hours in the first season, just wiping her counter, talking on the phone to her jailhouse husband. That... <laughs> And seeing all the girls around the counter, I'm like, oh, look at that. And it's clean and everything because she's been wiping it for fucking a year. <laughs> so, so Drew tells him that Lee confessed and apologized. None of those things happened. None of them. He never said he was sorry. He never confessed to what he did. She might be talking about an off-camera conversation, though. But if she's talking about the one we watched on this show, that didn't, none of that happened. She's really, really happy. Renee says that they act like this when they get to a certain point and that this is good. Drita says that he was gaslighting her and making her feel like she was losing her mind. And they all agree that they've been through that. All of their men have been selfish and liars and, and just about self-preservation. Telling the truth is is hard. and But you want someone who will tell you the truth even when it's not what you want to hear. And um, they all agree they've been with men that don't. Uh, Renee says that even after they admit to shit, it's still hard to trust because you know they're dirty. Like she says, the junior was cheating for years, and she knows because she would cheat with him. So what she's saying is, she and Junior were together. What's AJ? Seventeen. So she and Junior were together five, six years. Okay. In which he cheated on her, did a bunch of dirty shit to her, made her feel terrible. And she finally let him go. And then for the 12 years they were not together, she would sleep with him and help him cheat on his girlfriends. Renee. Like, I already knew this. Like, she she didn't lay it out perfectly before. But I already fucking knew this. This is... Because it's the only thing that makes sense, that you're occasionally fucking him. And that's why you're so close to him. And you're going to take care of him. And it's because, see, you're you're sitting here being like, that's the father of my children. No, 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 no. You just wanted to be with him. You were doing prime pick-me fucking behavior. 
Pick me, pick me, pick me. I'm a good woman. I take care of everything. It's okay for you to have a girlfriend to come over here and fuck me. Pick me, pick me. Please come back to me. Like, get the fuck out of here. Let's say Junior isn't. Junior isn't using her to get to her father. Let's put that all away. Junior will never respect her. He can't. He can't respect her because of all the shit you've been doing in that 12 years. He will never respect you. He might be nice to you sometimes. He might flirt with you sometimes, especially when you guys weren't together. But he'll never he'll never respect you like that. Because he knows that he can get you to do the dumbest things. Drina says dealing with criminals is the worst than worse than regular men because criminals are made to be silent about they like they don't confess to these things, I guess. Um, Renee says that him admitting his stuff to her means he's gonna try to get back with her. And Drita's like, Drita knows it too, but she's like, I want to be around because he's a good father. And Renee goes, Oh really? <laughs> I was like, Oh okay, Renee, all right. Well, what you gonna say? And she says. We say they're good fathers, but how can they be good fathers when they're abusive towards their children's other parent? That's truth. Um, and it's not about like being together or anything, like like being together. Um, that's not like him not wanting to be with her is not a thing. Him cheating isn't great, but the way they talk to these women, the way they treat these women like they're stupid, the way they will lie and scheme to get things out of them, um, the way they can be physical. Like, you cannot be a good parent if what if you are abusive towards the other parent. You just can't be. Um, I would also venture to say that Lee has been in prison most of this time, so how the fuck is he a good parent? How is that even possible? He hasn't been parenting. Over the phone? You don't parent over the phone. I just... There, he can't do anything to you. He can't help you with anything. He can't pay for anything. This is just like when we go back and want to leave and like, well, tell daddy you want to, tell daddy you want to, um, you want to go to camp. What? Who cares? What? Daddy can't give you permission to go to camp. Daddy's at, daddy's at camp himself and he can't leave. Like, I get what she's saying. I think what Drita's saying though is that he's good to the girls and that he talks to them nicely. He doesn't call them idiots and the R word, like he does Drita, and that the kids love him. And that those are two true things. That doesn't make him a good father. I mean, I, I guess I have higher standards for a good father. I If you want to be a good father in my book, you got to get down to these fucking trenches. That means that you pick up kids from school. That means you cook dinners. That means that you get up in the middle of the night when your kids get up in the middle of the night. Um... As society, we just don't, as a society altogether, we just do not hold men to those same standards. And I understand that. I understand that's ingrained. Like, there's a misogyny. There's internalized misogyny inside me that I have to fight every fucking day. And sometimes I don't even fucking see it. There's internalized all kinds of shit. Anti-black, all kinds of shit that I'm like, that society taught me. And I got it up in here. And sometimes I got to fucking fight it. I get it. But one of the ways I do that is that I require men to be, when I say you're a good father, I'm. it's on the same level as being a good mother. And mothers and fathers are very different, but I that's what I want. I'll, I'll say you're not a bad father if I guess you 
if you don't if you're not mean to your kids but no like i don't think lee's a good father i don't think that has much to do with him being in prison i really don't so i don't say um but what's going on though is that renee's really talking about herself right like we can all see that uh she knows it we all know it she says aj came into her room the other day and she was just kind of laying there and he goes ma are you okay and renee was like yeah i'll be fine you know how your mom does when like something's going on she don't want to worry you and then he he looks at his dad and says if you want to go i won't be upset i understand i don't want you to be somewhere you don't want to be you don't have to be with her for me like even aj in his emotional twist that caused him to bust down doors can see this isn't a good idea you guys are miserable together you do not like this was unnecessary don't say you did it for aj you didn't do it for aj didn't need it all aj needed is for you to show up on time junior to where you're supposed to go and do what you're supposed to do that's all aj needed from you come pick him up take him places Show up to his graduation. Have dinner with him once a week. He's 17. He doesn't need you to actively parent him. He doesn't need you to wipe his ass. But he does need to see you. And he does need to know that if you call his phone, if if he calls your phone, you're going to pick up. He does need to spend time with you. Just like at that age, you're more of a guide rather than an active parent. So he can talk to you about the problems he's having and stuff. You can give him advice or you can cheer him on or you can be happy for him or or tell him he'll do better next time like he just needs those touch points with you you didn't have to move back in with renee and renee you over here pretending like you did this for aj you did not do this for aj you did it for yourself okay and the fact is probably it's worse for aj that emotional twist probably is over the the two of you because y'all have been there fucking arguing all the time and even though he's a 17 year old boy so what emotions he's gonna show you are very little i bet you that shit like fucks with him He's in his room playing Xbox and you guys down there screaming at each other again when it don't have to be all that. Uh, you know, Renee's crying, saying her future isn't going to be as bright with Junior as she expected. And she's falling into a depression. She's on the edge. Carla tells her, Carla's like, I guess Carla's been sitting there listening. She's just kind of looking at her. See, the thing that we, we sleep with sleep on when it comes to Carla is this. Carla said no. All the other women in this area, in this, the men go to jail, they do whatever, and they expect you to sit over there and take care of their kids and and send them fucking salami in the in the, to jail and take their fucking phone calls and be there for them and take care of everything and wait for them to get out. And Carla is the only one that said no. And I don't think they they don't they don't they didn't show that more respect. Because Carla seems like the type of person that when she's unhappy and things aren't going well and things that, that she goes, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And it seems like a small thing, but that's actually a really good quality to have in yourself to, to be able to say, actually, this makes me feel really bad. So I think I'm going to stop. And she says to, to Renee, listen, she, she says, I'm not saying Junior specifically, but if you feel this way, You've got to like, you know, look around and figure out what the negative parts that are making you feel this way and like work on moving them out of your life. And she makes sure to say she's not specifically talking about Junior. But Renee says, I mean, okay, but 
I'm talking about Junior, but okay. Renee says he's not doing anything right now. He's showing up. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, they fight, but she, the reason they're fighting is because she can't get over things he did in the past. Then she mentions he had a baby with another woman while they were married. Renee. 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 What are you doing? You cannot. Renee. Where is this kid? So you and AJ and Junior over here playing happy family. And all that shit. Where is his other children? I'm just, maybe he's got a couple of children. I don't know. Where are these other, where are these other kids? Y'all just pretend like they don't exist? See, see. Let me tell you what. I personally can't take people back who cheat on me because I never let people forget shit. I, I never, I've never put down a grudge in my entire life. So you, I, I leave those people so that they don't have to leave me. Because you're going to leave me because all I'm going to talk about is how you used to cheat on me. That's all I'm going to talk about. But even if I could, having a baby isn't automatically done so. And the reason is because you're going to be bringing around this baby that you had on me while we were together. And I don't know how I might react to that. I mean, I take I think it takes a big person to like move on with like dude, what is that? It was on Basketball Wives LA. There is fuck. I forget her name, but she was on Basketball Wives LA. And her husband cheated on her. He's a basketball player, cheated on her and had a baby with someone else. And then later on, that he was a and he was a baby baby. Later on that that lady was killed. The mother was killed. And so the basketball player went and got his child and brought him home. And, you know, he's a baby, so, uh, and this dude's on the road and shit, so his wife is the one that cared, and she brought him and raised, like, it was a baby, which was the thing to do, I just don't know how to do that. I don't, it's obviously not his baby's fault, but I just don't understand how I could throw myself into that situation without, without always thinking about the fact that my husband did this to us, and, like, this child is a symbol of this wrong that was done to me. But here's the other thing. I couldn't stay with you if the baby didn't come around because I don't want to stay with nobody who don't take care of their fucking kids. I automatically don't respect you. You should go with your kids. You should be taking care of your kid. You should be going to pick up your kid. But then also, when you bring them over here, there's like all this kind of like <sighs> complicated feelings and shit. So we don't have to break up. Renee, you still trying to get together with this man? Renee. Yeah, Renee has, has a lot of fucking problems. Like, a lot of fucking problems. And they're not all, they're not all Renee. They're not all Junior. They're not all him. The, I, I would, I, I would love to get Renee into some intense therapy with Dr. Princess. <laughs> Because uh, we're going to dig up into this. We're going to find out where the fuck this came from. And the thing about therapy is it doesn't, um, it doesn't fix, it doesn't take those things away. What it does is give you better perspective, better coping tools, so that they're not, it's not this thorn in your side affecting your life always, always, always. It's just more like, okay, when I feel this way, I can do this. 
getting perspective on things. That, that's what it really is. And I would love to get up in there and let's start at the beginning. I put on my glasses. You lay down on the couch, Renee. Let's start at the moment you were born. What do you remember? Because <laughs> Renee has some shit. I bet she has a lot to do with her fucking daddy. I really does, but she probably would never say it. I cannot believe. Ugh, why are you trying to make this work? All right. Renee says that Junior, one of the reasons he doesn't want to talk about because he went to confession and gave it to God. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that just like these dudes? They will just be like, oh, I, um, yeah, I gave that to God. <laughs> Jesus forgives, not me. So <laughs> I'm glad you and Jesus are on good terms. I'm still mad. <laughs> Listen, um, that said, I think, like, in terms of Renee, like, you guys know, I don't think that's the right thing to do. This is, I cannot believe there's so much water under that bridge. There's so much trash there. That water's polluted. That is... <laughs> All the fish got three eyes. That, no. That, you should have left that the fuck alone. Move on. Move on. Um, but as far as Judith's concerned, like... I believe Judith should have moved on too, but I do think she was doing the right thing when it comes to the kids. The thing is, it's like, it's really hard because you want to take care of your kids, right? You don't want them, you don't want anything bad to happen to them. You don't want that other parent to hurt them and like not be in their lives and stuff, but you have to leave the door open for them and trust that you will give your children the information and that they will see what's right and what's wrong when they, when they're able to. And that you don't have to try to prevent them from being with this other parent. I mean, unless it's dangerous to them, you know, that sort of thing. But you don't have to try to prevent them from seeing this other parent to, to so that they remember that you were the one that was there for them. Keep your side of the street clean. Do what you're supposed to do and leave the door open. I think she's doing the right thing. Unfortunately, what happens is that they end up, like Drew and him end up staying together. And that's the wrong thing. I mean, the show pretty much ends there with Renee just crying and crying and crying. Renee is so broken it's not even funny anymore it's kind of it's just sad well damn mob wives <laughs> um let's end on a sad note guys i will see you in a couple of weeks not next week but the week after and until then if you need more content go to buy pumpkin go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin there's lots of content there and don't forget to take the survey that's in the show notes Give me some feedback. Remember, I'm a person. I'm going to read it. So don't, like, don't be dicks. But yeah, thanks for helping. And if you get a second, go and give me a five-star review. That's what, you know what? Do you want to get me a birthday present? Give me a five-star review. Birthday present. Thank you. Later.